0: The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, Veteran Lucas. Lucas, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It is me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night. Today is a special episode because this is the last time I will be recording in Japan. The next time you hear me, it'll be on good old American soil with chicken tendies on my plate and a a fine beer in my hand. To be perfectly honest, you can get beer here, but chicken tendies... You cannot find good chicken tenders in Japan. You can find plenty of other things that are fantastic, but if you're just craving like nachos or chicken tenders, like very niche things you don't think about, those are the things you just think about that keep you up at night. Anywho, on today's episode, we are going to be going back to a topic. We talked about some of the Pokemon in Sinnoh that went extinct when that first Legends trailer dropped. People pointed out the obvious of, wait a minute, why aren't these in Sinnoh anymore? And we talked about Braviary, Hisui, Growlive, Cleavor. We talked about some of these ones that we knew about, but now we have new ones to talk about. So think of this kind of like a part two to the Great Sinnoh Extinction episode. We are going to quickly go over what an extinction is, some of the famous extinctions that have happened, ways that animals go extinct. And then after that, we'll go through the much larger list of Pokemon that have gone extinct in Sinnoh and where they might have gone or how they might have disappeared. So let's go ahead and just get right through it again. If you've already listened to our great Sinnoh extinction episode, you will probably have heard this before, but it's never wrong to review. If you didn't listen to that first episode... You can go ahead and uh, click off this and find it, but if you just want to kind of stay where you are because you're driving and you're just kind of feeling the groove, we'll just go over a quick review now. So what is the definition of an extinction? An extinction is the termination of any organism or group of kinds. It's a very small definition, but it is a natural process. When a species goes extinct, it when it just can't produce anymore, all of its offsprings are gone, and there's just no way to get it back. 99% of all living organisms have gone extinct. This is a natural process. It's not just human made. It's just mostly human caused at this point in our history. But honestly, it's something you almost every organism has to go through at some point. Now, when you hear the phrase mass extinction, a mass extinction technically has a definition. Three-fourths of life on the planet has to die out in a short amount of time. Short amount of time, by geological standpoints, about 3 million years. That may not seem like a very short time to you, but in the history of geology and in life sciences, it's like a that. It's just a snap, and it's gone. There have been multiple mass extinctions throughout human history, and many scientists believe we're going through one right now. Uh, to go through them in older, from oldest to youngest, I'm going to butcher these names, so I'm sorry. We have the Ordovician Extinction, which happened 445 million years ago. Uh, it's suspected to have been a fluctuation in sea levels due to continental drift. A whole bunch of ocean invertebrates passed away. This is thought to have been, just sort of happened to kind of kill off the Cambrian Explosion, where you got all these hard-shelled critters scurrying around. It, it really did destroy a whole bunch of things like trilobites and other organisms. Uh, next up, we have the Late Devonian Extinction. And that was 370 million years ago. A bunch of factors came together to kill off a whole bunch of marine invertebrates. And honestly, a bunch of ancient fish got taken out too. If you've ever seen Dunkleosteus, you know, the top hat of Dracovish, that, that top part that actually looks good. Yeah, they all died off because of this extinction. We never found any fossils of them after this mass extinction took place. Next, we have the Permian-Turassic Extinction. 252 million years ago, this one is the scariest one. This one was called the Great Dying. Like, you don't even get a fancy Latin name. It's just literally the Great Dying. 95% of all marine life and 70% of all terrestrial life was wiped out due to a massive shift in climate. The source is still debated bond today. Could it have been a meteorite? Could it have been a volcanic eruption? Could it have been just shifts that occurred naturally throughout the Earth's history? It could have been all these factors. There's none of them. It's really debated. But what we do know is that a whole bunch of things died. The next one was the Jurassic, Jurassic extinction. That was about 201 million years ago. Uh, this happened right when Pangaea was splitting up. Uh, We don't really know what caused this. We know that it caused the die-off of half the marine life in the ocean, and also almost all the large amphibians got wiped out. So when you think of like giant dog-sized or horse-sized amphibians that used to roam the Earth, most of them passed away due to this extinction event. The most famous mass extinction event is the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction 65 million years ago. You know how this one goes. Uh, This is where the dinosaurs, pterosaurs, a bunch of early mammals, almost all these organisms got wiped out because of a meteorite crashing into the earth. Uh, Again, that's what the signs point to. Uh, Some people debate it, but to be honest, that's our best hypothesis or best scientific theory that meteorite that hit the Yucatan is what killed them all off. Uh, But again, that's where our ancestors survived and were able to grow to what we are today to experience the Holocene extinction. That's the one we're living through now. The Holocene extinction is what we're calling this mass extinction because over the last 10,000 years, humans have caused so many changes to our environment and the planet that we're seeing hundreds of species go extinct just in the time that we've learned how to turn coal into fuel. It's really scary. Now, the ways animals go extinct can vary just like when you're identifying how an animal gets to a location or how it eats, each organism is different, but it can be boiled down into about three or four different categories. Habitat destruction is a big one. Obviously, humans do that, but the Earth can also do that itself. If there's an earthquake that cracks the ground, if there's a volcano, if there's an asteroid, if something occurs that just wipes out an animal's home, and they just can't find a suitable place to live, or if there's a certain patch of soil that a plant grows in, and a flood disrupts all of that, they can completely wipe out a species. Uh, New species coming along, so occasionally you'll get invading species coming in, either they floated in off some driftwood, or a bunch of birds found a new place to land, and eat up most of the food in the area, or The human way of someone just brought a bunch of rats on their boat or some pigs on their boat and let them loose, that can also cause massive destruction to an ecosystem because now you have a bunch of animals who have no competitors, you have nothing that is hunting them, and this leads to all kinds of animals going extinct, specifically on islands. It's really tragic. Uh, The next one, climate change. Obviously, humans have a huge impact on climate change in modern times, but we've had climate change in the past without humans. Not to this extent, but we've certainly had it. And that climate change can shift the balance of not just sea levels, but also season lengths. We want to make sure that a lot of these organisms can live in this specific range. But if that range goes away, then a lot of organisms just can't keep up or they can't move away. The next one, the final one, all humans Hunting and illegal trafficking. That is 100% on us. You're not going to see a bear showing up with a rifle and hunting deer out of season. These reasons that animals go extinct, again, many of them humans cause, but it is important to understand that extinction is also a natural part of the Earth's history. It doesn't make it right that humans are making animals go extinct at a faster rate, but it's important to realize that these things do occur in nature as well. Now, all that stuff out of the way, Let's just talk about some Pokemon. Let's go through the rest of the Hisui variants and see what guesses we can make as to how they went extinct. So, first up on the list, oh, my second favorite next to Cleavor, Ursa Luna. Now, Ursa Luna, I think it went extinct in part because it lost the peat it needed to evolve. Ursa Luna has a really weird way of evolving, Basically, you have to give it this very specific kind of peat moss, this very specific kind of muck, and it holds on to this piece of mud, waits till the full moon, and then evolves. And then you get your giant bear you could ride along. But if we look at where the marshlands were in Pokemon, compare that to a map of Sinnoh, and you'll see that now it is no longer just the Great Marsh. That is Pastoria City and the Great Marsh. The Great Marsh was completely fenced off and turned into a safari zone. And again, in order for Ursa Luna to evolve, it needs that very specific peat. If that entire area has been drained out and a small section of it has been sectioned off so no one can get in, then that means that this organism cannot get the specific requirement it needs to evolve. If you look at modern Sinnoh, You don't even have teddy ursas anymore, or ursarangs. The only place you can find them is in deep underground caverns away from most people. They have all gone extinct above ground. Most likely, these were all chased away from their homes to build cities and roads, like real world bears are today. Uh, The loss of the marshes and the very specific peat to evolve it is similar to kind of how plants need very specific conditions. Like some plants literally need fire in order to develop, If humans stop doing burnings or we don't do a burning properly, it leads to this plant not being able to germinate and thus going extinct. Next up on the list, uh, overquill. Man, that's a cool name. I'm going to say it again. Overquill. Oh, that's fun. Anyway, I think this one went extinct because uh, quillfish is a jerk. The poison dark quillfish is a jerk to fishermen and everybody around it. And as the human population grew, they probably needed to do some more fishing or probably needed to use the water more. And having a fit that chases you down and spits poison at you probably wasn't the best for business. Uh, Japanese fishermen have been known in the past to do something very similar to dolphins. There are dolphin hunts that occur in small portions of Japan. Most of the population has no idea they occur, but there was a documentary called The Cove that went into it in detail. I don't agree with everything that documentary says about mammals and human care, but I do see that the, the horrors that you could see in that movie, again, it is not for the faint of heart. It is just heartbreaking. But I think they did something similar to the quillfish in this region where they just didn't want them around killing everyone, and so they just wiped them out. I do think that unlike in our world, these guys reached a conscious of like, oh my gosh, we just killed off a whole group of Pokemon. What do we do? Because if you go into the decks of Sinnoh in Gen 4, you're going to find that they have the Johto Quillfish now hanging around. So most likely what happened is after the Quillfish died off, they realized that they needed it a lot more than they thought. And even though they lost the over quill, they thought, well, we'll just throw in the Johto quillfish to make up for it. So that's probably why you see it where they are trying to replace the species that they killed off themselves, which is a nice gesture. I think for those people, really nice stuff to see. It doesn't fix what you did, but it does show that you know what you did. And to be honest, that's that says a lot more than some people do. This next one, my favorite for how it went extinct because it had nothing to do with us. Like this would have happened with or without people. It's fantastic. Sneasler. Sneasler was outcompeted by Weaviles from the space-time bubbles that kept popping up everywhere. His Hisui Sneasel was completely replaced by the Johto Sneasel. That is my current theory, and it's not our fault. This is Palkia and Dialga. This is the gods' fault, not us. Them distorting space and time. It's all on them. The space-time rips in the game pop up out of nowhere, and occasionally you get some random Pokemon here and there. You'll get your Porygons, and you'll get your fossils coming back, but you'll also get your Johto Sneasels. What if they didn't stay in the bubble? What if they got out? And if they got out, you'll find that between the two, the Johto Sneasel can definitely be a better fighter in that ecosystem. It's already built for the cold and unlike Sneasler's, Weaviles work in packs. They ain't afraid to fight dirty. While it's true that Sneasler has its poison abilities and it's very, very toxic and it has these massive claws, how do you fight against an organized pack? It's kind of like a bear versus a pack of wolves. Yeah, the bear is really strong, but if they're fighting for resources, the wolves are very capable of taking it down. These organisms are just so much better at surviving in the cold climates of Sinnoh than the Sneezler is. So no wonder these guys went extinct. They even used the same item to evolve. So that's why I think that Sneezler is gone, just because the gods deemed it so. Now, the next you I want to talk about are Voltorb and Lilligant. Uh, they both are plants, so they kind of mesh into the same one, or they just kind of lost their habitat to grow. Both being grass types, they're going to need very specific soil conditions, kind of like Luna in that regard. And plants can be super picky about their habitats. Lilligan specifically in the older decks said that the, the fancier Liligant, the non-fighting Liligant, needs very specific conditions to make that flower bloom. This Liligant, the one we have, it, it lost its rocky marshlands. It lost its rocky areas because it was replaced by resorts in Pastoria City. So that means that this organism doesn't have anywhere else to grow. Its long legs aren't going to help it get nutrients anymore, and that's probably why it got wiped out. Voltorb lived up in the mountains and probably lost its home due to the development through major cities, but also combined that with the harvest of apricots. Voltorb survives because it can blend in with apricots growing in the trees. It can hide itself and defend itself by just not being there or exploding. But imagine all the people who started catching Pokemon. That probably means most of the apricots were all harvested. Think about how many apricot trees you actually see in the Diamond and Pearl game. Zero. They're all probably harvested very specifically. And so the Voltorbs living in this very specific environment probably lost their camouflage and thus couldn't hide as much from predators. Incidentally, Venus flytraps, great example of something like that where they can only grow in one spot, uh, specifically in the Carolinas. And if they're exploited too much, they're going to be gone forever. The only place people are going to see Venus flytraps if they go extinct in the wild is some weirdo's desk plan who's trying to be edgy. You know, the guy who wants to like intimidate somebody when they're coming to the office so they have a, a Venus flytrap on their desk to sh- show how tough they are and how survival of the fittest, Sigma male. When in reality, they work as an insurance broker and it's like, dude, calm down. Just just get a cactus, you'll be fine. Anyway, the next one, Zora and Zora Arc. Yeah, these ones, honestly, because they're ghosts, I don't have the most closely related natural topic to tie them to, but basically... According to their decks, they're just too angry to live. These Pokemon feed off resentment and malice. Yes, Zoroark is cute. But to be honest, that really should also be a good food supply to keep them going. You get enough humans together, oh, you're going to get some resentment and malice. You could literally post a picture of, oh, I don't know, a new green cat Pokemon and get plenty of resentment and malice at the mere thought that it could go on two legs. The problem with Zoroark is that it's too angry, and too self-destructive. Its Pokedex states that it attacks in such fury that it hurts itself. Instead of adapting to the new population, like many of these Pokemon tried to do, these ones probably ended up trying to kill every single person that walked past it. Now, I understand people might be thinking, yeah, defend your territory. But in nature, most animals aren't going to immediately kill things that walk in. They're going to try and warn them off then the humans would approach. But Zurark? Nah, that thing's like a psychopath. It wants to kill anything that comes near it. There really isn't a real-world allegory for that, except tigers. Uh, tigers can definitely hold a grudge, and if a tiger decides that this is my area and I'm going to kill every human that comes in it, that's when they'd probably have to be hunted. The next one kind of went under people's radar. Uh, Slagu and Gudra got their steel dragon form. I love the fact that they're like full snail, but... They come with some emotional baggage. You see, these guys probably wrecked too many homes and were chased away. Uh, have you, For our older listeners, have you ever dated a clinger? Someone who just won't leave an inch between you unfilled? Slagoo and Gujra and Hisui have that problem. If you leave them alone, if they are separated from the one that they love or care about more than like five minutes, they go on a rampage. You kind of have to chart their extinction up to a loss of habitat too because they lost a lot of the little mountain ponds and stuff and muck to live in. But any of the ones that were like, you know, trying to be with partners and humans, any of them humans that tried to work with them, if the human left to go grab some milk and came back home and found half the house covered in slime and the other half reduced to rubble, that would probably make it so you didn't want to have them around and they were probably chased away. And again, they don't have a home anymore because the marshlands were ripped apart or caged off, and that could have been a major problem as well. I would compare this to wolves, honestly. Uh, wolves were chased off and attacked livestock, and so a lot of people tried to get rid of them the second they could. And to be honest, for a long time, we were losing to the wolves. Like, wolves are what a huge problem in Europe for your feudal peasants. Like, if you're out in the woods at night, the wolves are gonna get you. But when technology advanced, We turned the tables on them, and now they're the ones that need help from us. It's not great, but it is important to realize that wolves were a huge problem. They were not seen as cute. They were seen as murderers. The last one we're going to talk about is Avalug. This design I'm okay with. Not a fan, not hating, but it's fine. Uh, Honestly, this one was probably chased out due to the fact that it caused so much mountain damage. So the original roads in the Mountains of Sinos, the original paths, were probably carved out by Avalugs. Uh, these Pokemon love pushing snow and rock out of the way. Their front face is built like a snowplow, and they are tough as steel to get through it. The Kalos Avalug tends to like being in the water like an iceberg, but these ones tend to live in the mountains and probably disrupted any settlements, like, say, a ski resort or any snow villages that were being built. Since the climate of Sinos still feels pretty cold, I would not chart this one up to climate change. I would definitely chart this one up to the fact that they were disrupting people trying to live there, and so they were removed. And it's sad, because the earliest roads in human history were animal trails. If you had to choose between building a shelter, though, and letting the ice monsters direct it every five minutes, to be honest, from those struggling humans' perspective, you probably choose your home. And that's something that's so untalked about, like, you know, not discussed when we talk about an animal being endangered or extinct. We forget that while we on our first world bubble think like, oh my gosh, how dare they hunt them down? How dare they hurt these animals? A lot of the people who are on the front lines are in poverty conditions. And if you're trying to grow a farm for yourself and trying to start a business for yourself to keep your family alive, and the endangered elephants keep eating all your snacks and food that you're going to sell to the market. You start understanding why some people are hunting them down. It doesn't make it right, but it is a perspective people should understand. Anyway, I'm going really deep into a Pokemon game, but then again, what else is this podcast for? All right. That's how I think these animals went extinct. But how do you think they went extinct? Do you think I got anything wrong? Is there a detail or an animal that's similar? Let me know. Let us know on Twitter or Facebook. We are always listening, and I want to hear from you guys. You guys keep us going, and I appreciate every single one of you for doing it. Again, send us a review. Send us any likes. Send us any comments. I hope you guys have a fantastic day or night. I'll see you guys when I'm stateside. Peace!